All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we are jamming with Jonathan Friedman, president and co-founder of The Journal That Talks Back, an accessible journaling and coaching app that connects young professionals with a certified coach so they can manage their mental health, relationships, career aspirations, personally and professionally. After eight years as a child and youth counselor, Jonathan has been first has seen firsthand how prevalent and relevant accessibility issues are, and it is mission to provide a safe, accessible space for young professionals to journal, be heard, receive guidance, and grow. I mean, music to my ears, man. You know my background with journaling, so I am always excited to bring on someone in this space uh, that's still in the space and doing great work. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much, man. I want to I wanna have a mark that walks around with me to give that introduction every time. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we can make that happen. There's a, a small monthly retainer and, that's, and then we're good to go. <laughs> that's the champagne promise. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. All right. Well, I mean, before we get into any of the work and your story and all the awesome that's going on over uh, with your team, I asked the same question to kick the show off and it's just avoid job titles. And that is just, you know, who, who are you? Who's the, who's the person in front of me today? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm Jonathan. Uh, some people call me Johnny or John or any other Jonathan iterative. Uh, <laughs> I am the president and co-founder of the journal that talks back. Um, I have a degree in child and youth counseling and I did that for eight years, but I'm 28 years old. So I'm already on career number two or three is pretty cool. Um, I also am a musician. I play guitar in a band called Bangers and Mash. I, uh, I nice. scream in a metal band called 16 Loco. And I love fitness. Every year I do a, a challenge to sort of step outside of my comfort zone. Historically, I've done half marathons. This year, I'm on a goal to military press 200 pounds. But I have oh. to eat a lot more. So it's kind of exciting, <laughs> but kind of terrible at the same time. But we'll get there together. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how'd you get started in all this work? Like what, what, what even drew you to being a, you know, child and youth counselor? Like where, where's all this come from? Absolutely. It's a good question. It's a weird story, but it, uh, absolutely. So I said absolutely twice, so I'm just going to go with it. So absolutely <laughs> for a third time. Um, I graduate when I graduated high school, uh, every summer I'd worked at a summer camp. And one summer I had worked at Canada's Wonderland in beautiful Toronto, Ontario over here. Yes. I was a rides attendant. And as you can imagine, the budding entrepreneur did not like his 12-hour shifts doing seatbelts for people on roller coasters. So um, I... An important task, though. Very important. Critical, <laughs> even. Um, but I ended up taking a job at another summer camp where I had an opportunity at 16 years old or 17 to uh, work with... Uh, a young child who had a diagnosis of autism. And I had no experience in this whatsoever. I had been accepted to the University of Waterloo for psychology and business co-op. And I was geared up to like explore entrepreneurship right away. Um, but I had this experience working with that kid. I did really well that summer. I got an award and I went off to my business degree. I actually pretty much flunked out of my business degree. It was my first time moving away from home. 
Um, and I just could not deal with the numbers. I could not deal with the math, could not deal with a lot of the different things that sort of go with the business degree. And while I was in my business courses, I was struggling a lot, but I also had these psychology courses. And every time I'd be in those courses, I was just lit up and excited. It didn't matter how old school some of the research was or anything. It just totally excited me. So I switched from the psych and business to a social work degree. And from social work, I transferred universities to Ryerson to study child and youth counseling. And um, right away, I was already working 40, 50 hours a week in the field, even before I had my degree. And Mm. I mostly worked with uh, young adults who had a diagnosis of autism, and they were nonverbal. So my main work with them was to use technology like iPads to teach communication skills. And this was really, really interesting to me because you, as a counselor, as a coach, as a therapist, whatever you are in this sort of field, you have to meet people where they're at. Everybody has a way to say their story and communicate what they want. But a lot of people just don't have the access to that in the same way that other people do. So I did that sort of work for a very long time. Um, Unfortunately, the field doesn't pay a lot, and I ended up burning out because I had to work like 70 or 80 hours a week, not because of the kids, but because of my coworkers. I was like, I need a break. Mm. So I went to my stepmom, Kim, and I said, hey, Kim, I know you run this frame of mind coaching business. What the heck? Like, can I have a summer job? Do you need any audio work done? And she said, Jonathan, what do you know about SEO? I said, Kim, I am a youth worker. I don't know anything about SEO. And then she said to me, okay, I'm going to give you one week to learn everything you can. And if you like it, you have a summer job. We'll give you 15 hours a week and you can help. SEO turned into ads and web design and all of the other marketing pieces. And I've been there ever since. And one of the things that was really cool, well, not really cool, but really interesting, was um, at the beginning of COVID, Kim and I had always sort of been having this idea of youth coaching in the back of our heads as something we really wanted to implement, but we never kind of figured out how. And we had this idea and this information coming at us that a lot of young professionals were really struggling to transition from high school to university or from university to their first big person job. And also the prevalence of anxiety and other mental health concerns and the ability to deal with complicated relationships and isolation as we deal with COVID has made the world a lot more complex. So uh, we did some research, uh, had a lot of interviews with people, uh, spoke to a lot of different kinds of professionals, and together we created uh, the journal that talks back, which just launched a few months ago. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You got the origin story. Yeah. So it sounds like, I I guess I want to back up a little bit. Like what you mentioned the like the the job and the details and whatnot and working with with kids like what though emotionally for you was the was the trigger and, and continues to be the trigger like why why work in this this space i think so for my youth work the sorry i have a bit of a lisp the thesis um one of the things that we did is we actually studied why people get into youth work and into helping professions And it turns out a lot of people had experiences themselves that they wanted to improve and do better for other people. 
And for me, honestly, it was no different. Like as a kid, I had lots of mentors and lots of people in my life. And I thought, hey, that's really interesting to be the person to help bridge gaps. And as you're in that field, you learn that, you know, you really can't save the world. But what you can do is use your own unique voice and expertise to impact people. And youth work was a really, like really a crash course to, to, to getting that voice started for me. Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, and then just knowing a little bit of backstory about, uh, Kim's work in, I guess you can call it executive coaching. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, successful business there, been running for a while, doing well, (laughs) you know, coming from the app space, I have to ask like, why the hell would you want to take on the challenge of creating an app in this space? Uh, for the youth. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I have a smile on my face just because I know what, what it takes to, to do it. Uh, and then now, uh, I mean, there's a ton of different journaling type apps. So before even getting into the, the details of what uh, the journal that talks back is, like what questions were you asking and you and Kim, I guess, asking to actually allow you to go from idea to, you know what, we need to do this. Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, one of the things that I personally experienced, I have social anxiety and a lot of other kinds of anxiety. And one of the things that I did was I was going to therapy all the time. And I love my therapist. Her name is Randy. She's the greatest person in the world. Um, I still go to her from time to time. She's a blessing. But one of the things that I was noticing was I would go for a session on a Thursday And then I'd have an anxiety attack on a Saturday when I'm trying, like when I was going on dates with my now girlfriend. And then I'd have to wait two weeks for an appointment. And that coupled with talking to a lot of my friends and a lot of people around me who were beginning to talk and discuss about what was going on in their own mental health more and more. I thought, what are the other tools that are available in the market that sort of create this constant connection? And what's their cost? How accessible are how accessibly are they built? What what are the barriers for people? What's really going on? And when we really dove in and did our research, we found there were not a lot of text-based coaching services where for an unlimited price you can access your coach at any time anywhere. You're having a great day, text your coach. You're having a bad day, journal with your coach. You're having a weird day, journal with your coach. And it creates this really unique conversation because lots of things happen, as you know, Mark, in writing a journal. Lots of things Mm -hmm. come up in the words, in our patterns, that as coaches, we can grab on to really quickly and dive really deep and ask some really critical questions to really explore the anxieties the difficulties and transitions, the struggles in the relationships, and really do that deep, important work. So um, we noticed all of these things. And then as we were talking to more and more people and more and more professionals in the field, we were like, okay, we're going to give this a go. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense. I, I I can't help but think. I remember when we had Keo on the market, at one point, it was starting to become obvious. I mean, we, we totally missed this, I guess, but are we just, it wasn't in our life cycle of what we're trying to build, but we, we'd often get comments from, you know, psychiatrists or psychologists that would be looking at the app and say, Oh, I would love, love to use this with, uh, my clients because like 
we only get a part of the story when when they come in. And to your to your point, you know, it's every couple of weeks or whatever the case is, right? So, uh, and just knowing the power of journaling and what comes out there, the fact that like that is just built into your process. I mean, I think is 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 genius, and especially since the you know if, if people are signing up for this, like they're they know like that's what they're signing up for. They know they're going to be coupled with uh, a well qualified coach, and that it's not you know this isn't a privacy problem. Like you're this is the service you're you're sharing your journals, and you're going to get more out of it because of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that Kim, my partner, and my stepmom were a family business have been doing for a long time with frame of mind coaching and with the executive coaching is she journals with her clients every single day in between the calls and the power of that with the executive market and seeing, you know, the highly driven young people that are, you know, joining the job market now, we're like, that's the thing that's going to do it. That's the, that's the way we can enter that and offer coaching to those people because they're not making like, you know, six figure salaries yet to afford like executive coaching. They need a different offering. Sure. So what are you seeing with, with the youth when it comes to journaling? Like what is there, is there resistance? Are people already doing it? Like, I guess the, the, the question that I'm personally interested in is like, like what's the pulse with youth and a practice like journaling? Yeah. So lots of like journaling is trending. Lots of people are starting to explore journaling more and more. I think five, 10 years ago, it was like really starting, like lots of different celebrities were talking about it. But even now, you know, smaller names and more local celebrities on Instagram are talking a lot about their own journaling practices and talking more and more about their mental health, especially during COVID. This is a conversation that everyone is having all the time. Yeah. Um, And one of the things that's been really interesting in, you know, my discovery calls, my sales calls, and just the conversations I'm having with people is what, like, journaling is journaling. And there's just this coach on the other end who's reading the journals. Like, that's, like, that's, some people are like, that's a bit weird. Tell me more (laughs) about it. Or they get it right away and they say that, oh, that's really cool. I get it's like text therapy, but it's coaching. Um, So there's a bit of like education we still need to do, I think, to sort of bridge the gap because it's not just journaling. It's there's a trained and certified coach reading and responding. Uh, Yeah, there's that extra step. Um, But definitely journaling has, I think, been trending, been growing a lot over the past uh, three to five years. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that for sure. I mean, five years ago, man. Yeah. Well, five years ago, I couldn't even use the word journaling. People would be like, oh, what are you talking about? You're talking about like someone writing their diary about the boy at school and it's, you, you know, they wouldn't take it seriously, which first of all, I mean, someone writing in their diary, a diary about the boy at school is setting up a really great life practice For sure. to continue. Um, but it's just, it's, it's fascinating how much it's evolved over pretty short period of time. And I think you're, you're right. Like a lot of, you know, celebrities and, and, and smaller celebrities or influencers are, are talking more openly about the practice. Cause I find, I, I, it's like this, it's like this hidden practice that's been there literally since the beginning of time. 
And now people are just like starting to to really expose like, oh yeah, I've been doing that for 15 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's this idea that as humans, it's hardwired into us that we want to tell stories. But yeah, on the inverse side of it, taking time to think about what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? How are we explaining who we are and what we do and why we do it to other people and to ourselves in our relationships and our friends? And the, the patterns that don't make sense all the time show up in our relationships and show up at work. It doesn't leave. It's everywhere. And yeah. journaling is it's a really cool way to get it because at any time you can go back and access a story from a year ago now. It's the original yeah. computer. Yeah, you're right. The you're time, right. The time hop of of old. <laughs> Love it. Hello, everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested. I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think, because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing you with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. Um, I definitely want to ask, like, either for listeners that are, that are of a younger age or people that uh, have kids in this this age bracket, like, I guess, first of all, like, what is your two questions? What is your core age group? And then from there, do you have any advice or any prompts that you have noticed help to get, you know, if someone's listening that they want to either start a practice or help someone, you know, jump into a practice, like where, where can they start? Yeah, those are both excellent questions. So question one, for us personally, we find ourselves, I mean, we're very, very new. We're very fresh. Sure. Uh, but initially we set out 18 to 35 as sort of our target market. People just entering post-secondary and their first you know, young professional sort of jobs. We're finding yeah. uh, it's happening more between 20 and 27. Uh, okay. But interesting. But we're open to everybody. Uh, we've been talking to people who are in their 60s and uh, yeah, in their 40s, and it's it's for everybody. But that's our target. Um, and okay. some prompts that um, I really love are uh, this one's from Kim, which is, "What do you really, really want, and what's stopping you from getting it?" Because I think a lot of us create these boundaries and like roadblocks. Um, yeah. And if you really think about not what you really want, but what you really, really want, there's probably a lateral way to think about it. And journaling is a mm -hmm. really great way to access it. Um, another one that I really love is thinking about uh, myself as an old person and sitting around like the fireplace with my family. And it's like, what are the stories that I'm going to tell like my kids, my grandkids. Um, so that question is, when you're sitting around the fireplace with your families, one day like when that. you are in your 80s, what stories will you tell them? Yeah, I'm writing that down. That's a good one. So, um, yeah, go ahead. So this idea of like, 
Um, what are the actions we're doing now that we're really, really proud of? And what are the things that we're doing right now, which we're saying meh? And really, it's another way to look at what are the things that really light you up, what really excites you, and what do you think will like, like fan that fire for a long time? Yeah, I love it. It's that's that. Those are great prompts. It makes me think as someone just shared, actually, I think it was this, yeah, this week I was, oh, it was Mark, uh, Mark Groves, another Canadian um, who is a connection specialist. Uh, what's his Instagram? He's got like a million people that follow it. It's the create the love, I think is what it's called. And we were going back and forth with some audio notes and just sharing prompts, essentially kind of geeking out like you and I are doing right now with prompts. And it just makes me think because of uh, the the first prompt that that Kim's talking about is just like a, identifying kind of what you want and and what's important to you in life. And he had a similar one like that, but then he had a follow up question, which was, um, w- "What are you not willing to let go to get there?" And I was like, "Whoa, that just that's that's a deep one, you know? That's like a, a prompt that always comes up for me is like, what are you pretending not to know?" Um, that's a good one. And you know, that, those the combination of what you shared in, the, in those earlier prompts and that one, I mean, it's impossible not to come out of a journaling experience with those two questions tied together, uh, and not be more clear, uh, at least in, in the sense of like, okay, well, here's where I'm at and here's where, where I need to go. Right. For sure. It's, I love that idea of what are you not giving up to get there? Because one of the things I think a lot of people get tied up in in coaching relationships is just the behaviors that are happening every day. What are like sort of the surface level things that are, you know, grinding your gears? But when you think about what you're not willing to give up or what really lights you up, you're really talking about your core values and your core beliefs. And we know, like from years and years of wisdom, that by accessing and doing things that are in line with our core values and beliefs. It's like the chiropractic adjustment of our mind. We're a lot happier. We're doing more things that light us up. And I love that idea of really just understanding, you know, like what's a big part of you? What are you willing to not give? What are you not willing to give up? That's awesome. I'm going to throw Mark Groves a follow. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Okay. What's... um, one thing that caught my attention when you're sharing your, your story, I mean, you went through a burnout yourself. Yes. Right. And you got to a point just with hours work, let's just say, um, and you're working in a space, obviously trying to help people avoid that themselves and, and be more clear and, and, you know, set them up, set their lives up for, for success as well. I'm curious, just from you, from your perspective, personally, like what, what, how have your practices evolved since that, that burnout period? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So for me, the first piece was reflecting on, for me, initially what I thought was a failure. You know, I had put everything I had into working with these kids and having this, you know, life where that's all that was important for me. I was a youth worker and that's, that's how I defined myself. And burning yeah. out to me was a was a failure. It's like I'm not good enough to do this. These kids deserve better. Like all of that stuff, and it really started to you know it took a huge hit at my self esteem. And one of the things that Kim taught me is like great leaders are people who really understand what failure is and how to bounce back up from it. 
And when I started reflecting on what really happened in the burnout, because I'm not a bad person. Like I did that for eight years. That's not bad, actually, comparatively. Um, One of the things that I found was the program that I worked in that I burnt out in, me, I had like a specific vision of how I wanted to work with these kids. And it was not aligned with all the other stakeholders in the program. They wanted to do things in a very specific way. And I have a very different approach, um, which had served me till that point for eight years. And when I burnt out, I'm like, okay, it's not me. It's just in any business, in any partnership, in any relationship, it goes really well when you work with people or you are with people who you're aligned with and who have the same vision and have similar or complementary values with you. And the program that I burnt out in, that's the problem. It was that I was not aligned at all and it caused me great distress. Um, I, I had to stop drinking coffee. I was so anxious. Cup, like, oh, wow. It's a crazy. Yeah, uh, that's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> coffee is everything to me. Um, so noticing that and noticing the disparity between those people and me was really helpful to understand, you know, like, what do I want next? And, you know, when I look at a partner like Kim, who not only do I have so much to learn from and so much to appreciate, but also just the level of care for not only the business, but for each other. Like if I need to take a day off because I just feel like really anxious that day and I need to take care of myself, that's an important thing I get to do. And it's no problem because it serves the greater picture. And that's something we want to have with, you know, our team, our clients, the people we're around with. So everything is always very aligned. So there's this like education that we get to have and we get to push each other to learn more, but also we get to uh, impart that care onto the world. I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's so important to, it's like practice what you preach or, or show, you know, if you're, if you're in an environment or a team and you're, you're trying to get these values out or these ideas and stuff, like it starts with us. Like we've, we've got to be the ones that are, are leading that. Right. Or, 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 or showing that, I guess the, the thing is, is being vulnerable enough to show that this is okay. Like this just happened today. I was working with uh, actually a potential new client, um, one to one, and I remember he's you know he was and this is like a Fortune five hundred company type scenario, high executive, and he was like you know I used to exercise uh, from two to three in in the day, and you know it was like the afternoon reset, like the energy boost, and he knew that it was so important, but then like the job change or whatever, there were circumstances that change. And he's like, you know, I haven't done it in a while. And, uh, we just, we just had this great conversation around, well, like, why, like, why, like, what, what's, what's really preventing you from scheduling that time. And, and especially if you have the, if you want your team to be doing something like this and you, you, you know, the benefits are there. It's just, we, I think my point is that we're all human and we get wrapped up in the day-to-day life right? Yeah. We get onto this autopilot. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Like those are the practices that keep me at my best. Somehow I'm not doing them right now and I need to get back there and how, right? And I, I love that. I think it's so important 
that it doesn't matter if you're five years old or 10 years old or 15, well, maybe not five, you might not be there yet, but 15 (laughs) or 20, or, you know, you're working at Amazon and you are the next Jeff Bezos or whoever it, that autopilot happens to all of us. And we always lose track and having, you know, whether it's a friend, a family member, a professional, or even just the journal to sort of like reflect and it helps to keep you on track. And I think that's, that sounds like what happened in your conversation there. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I, you know, what comes to mind is just is this theme of, you know, just be kind to ourselves. Don't judge, like, don't judge that maybe the practice, you know, we're not doing, we're not doing enough or whatever. Like, we're all human. We're doing our best here. But to, to your point, I mean, I think we need to figure out ways to have those reminders or those, those, thoughts and observations like reflected back and you know your your product is is one method and i mean there are a million different other ways to do it as well i think what's Absolutely. key though is that people find what works for them right so that you stay with it for example so yeah i love that one of the things that uh kim talks about all the time is like on one hand it's okay you want to do the things that make you feel good that light you up and we're always in your corner for that but on the other hand is not carrying that stick to beat yourself up for not doing it and yeah. i feel like in executives especially and like leaders they're always like you know i need to do more but if i don't do it i'm going to like i'm like i feel the guilt you know like hitting yourself yeah. with a stick and it's 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 interesting but yeah there's so many different Um, unique and cool support systems out there. And it's definitely about um, talking to all the people and finding what makes sense for your needs and for your personality and who you are. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to shift a little bit and just get into, I guess, what's lighting you up in the next three to six months uh, when it comes to any of your personal practices like are there any things like i guess first i should ask like what are your non-negotiables in in either daily or weekly when it comes to the the fitness and health of your mind yeah so every single day i do something musical so whether it's um drumming or playing guitar or practicing my screaming vocals in the car whatever the case may be it the, the screaming doesn't work so well in the apartment yet but no <laughs> uh, too many neighbors knocking on my door checking on me which is nice they're great neighbors but they don't yeah. understand the metal life um <laughs> going to the gym four times a week um and some weeks it's three some weeks it's five but roughly four times a week um i find when i'm moving when i'm lifting heavy things my anxiety overall is really improved journaling every day for me like i use the journal that talks back myself and i have a really great coach um so i journal every day with him and it's awesome um those are sort of the key like for me when do you journal when's what's your uh practice is it when you need it or do you do it at a certain period every time of the day so I've been experimenting a bit with what feels the best. I like doing it in the morning. I like having a clear head when I approach my new day and going to the gym and then journaling with my cup of coffee helps to sort yeah, of like reset for the rest of the day. Sometimes, obviously, if I have a wacky day, I'll come back to it at night or, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I love doing it in the morning personally. How about you? What are okay. your non-negotiables? Well, similar. I mean, for me, it's, it's definitely, 
it's definitely a good hour in the early morning before the rest of the world is, you know, messaging or requesting things. Um, and I, I just, I leave it as it's that hour because what happens within the hour then is flexible to change. Um, or, or I should say adjust based on what I need that day. Uh, but the consistence are something usually related to movement and some sort of exercise. Uh, journaling is definitely there. I've been starting my days with like five to seven minutes of breath work mm -hmm. uh, right off the bat. And I just find it's just a great way to, you know, wake up and oxygenate the, the whole body. Um, and if I don't do that, maybe there, there might be some meditation in and out and so forth. And then, and then, yeah, then there's usually some, some learning of some capacity, whether it's a podcast or even just a few pages out of a book. And usually that's where the combination where kind of both of my, my two practices stack on reflection and learning. Usually there's the journaling and the learning there that, that I'll pause instead of like trying to speed through a book, I'll just stop and be like, okay, there's really good prompts here, or there's a really good perspective and try to apply that to whatever's going on. And then I find that's where journaling is really helpful. Love that. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the non-negotiables. But what I found, and this is this was only working through being directly in the space uh, as you are, I've I've gotten to the point where I have like a disconnect on the rules for, <laughs> I'll do air quotes, like rules of journaling that, you know, it has to be pen to paper, or I mean, I was obviously in the app space too, uh, as, as you are, but everyone's got like this, this predetermined set of like, if I'm going to journal, it's got to be in a, you know, gray notebook with a red pen and they've got to line up on my shelf type thing. And I do it at this time. And I was like somewhat in, in that realm. Like I like that. I could always look back at, at my entries either digitally. And then when I, when I started to incorporate physical, I liked seeing the journals as well. But as soon as I was able to just say, you know what, it's the practice that matters. And the practice behind journaling is reflection. And you can reflect in many different ways. And sometimes I want to reflect in an app. Sometimes I want to write something down and feel that and, and almost have that like transition of from mind to physical something, yeah. right? Paper. And there's like, there's like almost like a ritual with that. And then the other one is just journal when I, when I freaking need it. Like yeah. something might come up in the middle of the day and I'll take three minutes and just, okay, let's like, what am I hearing? What am I actually hearing here? Like what's, what are the whispers and write that out? So I just, yeah, I mean, I'm only sharing this because it, it took, it's taken me probably over a decade of, of leveraging this practice to like actually feel like, you know, there's just no limits or there's so much possibility with a practice like journaling or reflection and it can be used in so many different ways. Yeah. And there's so many different unique styles of journaling. Like, uh, I had this coach yeah. who, um, loves bullet journaling. That's their thing. And for me, yeah, I'm a, I couldn't do it. I'm a disorganized mess. And the idea of having, you know, the bullets every day and annotating everything and going back to the legend that way, when I look back later, I understand what it means. It was too far for me to keep track. I like having the more, um, like blank slate open, journaling yeah like that's where i do best but every once in a while i just try something new and cool it forces me to sort of think in a different way which is interesting to me yeah no i hear you on the bullet journal i mean it's uh 
And I know a lot of people that are just like diehard bullet journalers and they they like swear by it, which is great. They found their thing. But for me, I'm like you. Yeah, and like I, I look first, I look at that and I'm like, it's an art project. Like I can't yeah. <laughs> it give me anxiety just to just at the fact that I'm like, I can't create something that looks that beautiful and, and organized. Uh, so I, I tried it once for, I think a week and I'm like, this is, this is doing, give me the re- reverse effect that I want for a journaling practice. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap I'll, one more question and it's, it's based on a question. Is there, is there a journaling prompt that you'd like to leave the audience? Something that, um, either, you think about on a frequent basis or something that's really helped you in big moments in your life? Yeah. So I'm going to go right back to that question I shared before, and I'm going to share the inverse of it as well. So the first part is what would your younger self think of where you are today and what you are today? And why would they think that? And then also Mm. when you are sitting around the fireplace with your family one day, when you're in your eighties, what stories will you tell them? So to reflect on, what your younger yeah. self would say about you now. Cause I mean, when I was in high school, I never would have thought I'd be running like a coaching journaling service. That's wild to me. But yeah. also when I'm older, what are the stories that I'm going to share? What were the challenges that I overcame? What was the adversity that I went through that I was able to, you know, be resilient and come out on top? What were the things that I needed to shed to become, you know, by the time I'm 80, I'm like the truest version of myself. So yeah. for me, that I think about that every single day. I love thinking about that. Yeah, I love the combination of those prompts and 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 I love the premise behind just again, just taking some time to think about where where we've come from and what we've conquered and what we can celebrate. Cause we when we don't take time to do that, we just default to the struggle story that yeah. is there, right? And there's man, there's so much stuff that we can celebrate and so much we've conquered and that that that's awesome in in our individual paths that damn like just take some time give yourself give give yourself some some self love there we deserve it right heck yeah so love it great this was fun super fun i'm wishing all of you uh nothing but great success the the product looks fantastic we'll uh i'll drop a link in the show notes, but I, I got stuck on the page for a while just from the, the design side of things, which I think y- you had a lot to say and write all the, the visuals and the UI UX and all that stuff, but it looks fantastic. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And of course the, you know, the, the core offering behind it, uh, is, you know, even better. I mean, that's, that's, that's the link there. So thank you, sir. Where can uh, people find you? Absolutely. So I'm on TikTok at Jonathan Friedman 1993. We're on Instagram at Journal That Talks Back, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. If you or anyone you know is looking for some coaching, we offer um, a discovery call to learn a bit more about who we are and what we do. And uh, we can see if coaching is a good fit for you. And that you can check us out at www.thejournalthattalksback.com. Boom. All right. Mike, Have yourself drop. a Mic drop. Have yourself a fantastic day. Thanks, man. You too.